Hello, welcome to another episode of the Roseland podcast. I'm Chloe, your host, and in today's episode, we're talking to Emma Campbell about the Radford Trust, both its history and how it continues to help today's musicians. If this is the first episode you're listening to, you can find and listen to the podcast at rosenpodcast.com, on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, on Spotify and on all the other podcast apps. Just search for Roseland Podcast and you've got nearly 30 of them to go back and listen to, so, uh, so you can have some fun. Um, at rosenpodcast.com you will also find the links to any of the resources we mentioned in the interviews. Right, let's find out some more about the Radford Trust. Hi Emma. Hello Chloe. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. And you? Yes, not bad, not bad. And I'm I'm glad to have you here because I've heard I've always heard bits about the Radford Trust and I'm pretty certain over the years I've benefited from the Radford Trust, but I couldn't tell you exactly how. Um but I'm not I don't fully understand why it's connected to the Roseland and, and how it all got started. So shall we shall we start with the beginnings? So how did the Radford Trust get yeah, started? Um Essentially, it was started in 1970. Um, Maisie and Evelyn Radford, um, two sisters who arrived in St Anthony in Roseland in 1912, um, became fully resident, I think, in 1919. They were actually born in Devon, and they never claimed full Cornish citizenship, but uh, were very proud of Cornwall and its music. And they spent their lives um, involved in opera, um, setting up choirs, giving lecture recitals to the newly formed WIs going all over the county. Um, I think Maisie had been involved at the end of the First World War in the Land Army, so she knew all sorts of tiny villages, and they decided to make their music in Cornwall, um, which became very important um, to the extent that they were very well known nationally. Um, London critics would come down to hear their performances. And when Evelyn, I think before Evelyn died, and she died in 1969, they had decided that they would leave their money. They were fortunate enough to have been able to live, presumably, from from their inherited wealth. Um, But they lived quite frugally, and they left all their money to set up a trust so that people could enjoy music in the way that they had enjoyed it in the future. And the trust essentially helps young musicians in Cornwall um, with instruments, with grants for tuition, with um, travel and um, uh, involvement in ensembles and everything that they thought was so important. So it was before Maisie died. So Maisie died in 1973, but my mother, Janet Campbell, who was the first cousin once removed um, was to inherit their house in St Anthony and she then took on the responsibility of making sure that the trust established itself and then with her energy which might be known to a few of the people of the Roseland um, really established it um, got lots of people involved and it's now 50 years old and fully fledged from the family um, though I am still a trustee um, and still continues to help many people in Cornwall um, fulfil their musical potential. And will I be right in saying it's, although we, we did have the London critics coming down in the early 1900s to, to, to check out what the Radford sisters were up to, it would be fair to oh. say this is about amateur music, not professional music? 
It is. Um, they're only, they were um, amateurs themselves, so they were very fine amateurs. Um, for, for the operas, they, they started the Farmers Opera Group, um, gosh, in the 20s, I think, um, and they, for that, they used, they very much grew from the local singers. They loved particularly Cornish voices and the tradition of the singing in harmony that was so strong, both in the minor community and the, the WI. Um, but they actually were the first thing they set up. They took a choir from St Anthony, which had nine people in it, to the Penzance Festival. And I believe the, the person reckoned that the, the population of St Anthony was 10. So the choir <laughs> was pretty much the whole village. And it probably was. Um, and then they got a bit, bit bigger. They um, they set up the St Maud's Choral Society and put, a, put on a pageant in order to be able to buy a piano. They desperately needed a piano. But that choral society... Um, recorded for the BBC, and um, there's a lovely story of somebody in Belgium during the um, Second World War suddenly hearing the, the voices from St Maud's. And St Maud's is particularly important in that their, their, their top singer, um, their top soprano, Muriel Peters, was the wife of the harbour master at St Maud's, and she was just somebody who joined the St Maud's Choral Society, and from her singing with Thomas went all over. I I just hope that we're going to be getting a scrapbook of um, all of her professional engagements from her from your from your Marilyn Morris, um, who had kept her aunt's um, history. And I think there's a really rich history there of of an amateur who became professional, but it's still amateur in its finest sense, as we would always say. It's to do with loving it. It's it's not sometimes we use the word amateur to mean slightly shoddy. This is not that use of amateur at all. It's that you do it for the love, not for the money. Well, yeah, and it, it's, you know, I think all musicians, I'd be, be fair to say, pretty much all musicians start off amateur one way or another, because there's Absolutely. a certain amount of learning your craft before you can reach the point where someone's willing to pay you to do it. Of course. And I, because I, I'm very lucky, um, having the background I had, I, I learned an instrument very young, and I was able to play at quite a high level, and I can play now. Um, never, well, occasionally professionally, I might do a show and, and get a bit of, of pocket money for that. But I play alongside people who are professionals, and for them to have the chance to play music not in a professional setting is always incredibly enriching. Um, and that's all sorts of music, uh, jazz and folk, and, and all of it. Um, it. It's a great thing to be able to sit down, and maybe people used to do it more. Before we had recorded music, there would be a piano in a, in the pubs, and people would sing along. And obviously, Cornwall has a, a fabulous tradition of of you know the, the working boats choirs that you can hear still in the pubs around the Rosemond. Um, it, it's a very wonderful thing to be able to do with people and enjoy with others. I think that was that was what motivated them. I'm sure. And um, we've mentioned uh, what they got up to in Falmouth and St Moors and St Anthony, but did they do anything in Port Scatho as well? Given that's kind of was their closest larger village. Absolutely, I have um, records of there was a, a Port Scatho village orchestra, wow. um, and I think people used to find old fiddles in the in the attics uh, and bring them along. And uh, hilarious, um, of everybody was welcome, and they they were incredible raconteurs. I remember them telling stories of some of the instruments that would appear with you know, the bridge stuck on. I think one time 
they suggested that there would be a prize for the best kept instrument, thinking that that would make sure there were strings on them or something. But people went home and French polished their, their violins, which wasn't really very good for the instrument. But, but they would tell these stories. I, I vividly remember not being able to get to sleep one night because they were outside uh, chatting to my parents and uh, the laughter just went on for hours and you know, terribly jealous not to be down in hearing the stories. But they, they thoroughly enjoyed the sort of disasters and the, and the funny stories and the, and the ridiculous thing, but always found that it was always worth it. There was always a moment when everything came together and that sense of playing together and enjoying music was, was there for whatever level. And I think that's why they felt it was so important to support it going forward. Would it be fair to say that's one of the, the, the key part of the Radford Trust as it is now, 50 years on, is about that kind of music for the sake of music and that enjoyment and that yeah. amateur ethos. Yeah, I think uh, whilst we recognise that a, a young professional musician needs help, and there will be people, and there have been people from the county, from from Cornwall, who've gone on to be professional musicians, and many of the people who are now the peripatetic teachers in Cornwall. I, I see their names back in the records of the Radford Trust. They've been helped. So teachers are professional musicians too, obviously, and that they make their money. But um, they, they're, they're, the, the purpose of, of our help is, is to allow people to go as far as they want with it. Um, and obviously, for many people, it is an expensive add-on, especially now. It's very difficult. Um, there used to be far more provision for music from the state, um, music schools have closed down all over the country, music services are, are stretched. Um, so it's important to support people who, it, it's hard work, but if they want to work hard, to support them in, in all endeavours. But it doesn't have to be in order to get a professional career out of it. it um, we, don't, we don't require that in any way. And what sort of help is the Radford Trust offering to the people of the Rosend and beyond at the moment? Well, we have about £8,000 a year. It's a small amount, but uh, we tend to... We have two arms, actually. We have an instrument loan scheme, and we have 92, I think 92 instruments, um, which will be good step-up instruments. So uh, from a grade 3 or grade 4, um, if you have a starter instrument, you're starting to get... Um, it's starting to be difficult to make a really good sound on something. We will lend an instrument free of charge, which will take people, if they're really going to want to go on and give people about three years' time to save the money to maybe buy an expensive instrument. We would also sometimes help to purchase an instrument. We also help for tuition. And for those people wanting to go to music college, one of the ways we often help is to is with their travel expenses because we haven't been able to persuade the college and the Guildhall and the Academy to have their auditions on the same day, which is fine if you're in London, but if you have to travel up from Penzance on three different occasions, that's quite costly. Um, so we help in, in those ways. Often £300 is roughly, it won't, it won't be the whole amount, but it will certainly make it possible. Um, and sometimes we can help postgraduates um, with a bigger grant just for living expenses. We have applications from anybody who wants to put on an in an application, but our grant secretary will 
tend to, to, to suggest that if your income is extremely high, the trustees are likely not to not to feel that they can support you because there are many people who are really struggling to find the amount to support a, a child doing music. So and if, anybody can apply. If people would like to find out more about the Radford Trust and, um, and how to yeah. go about applying for those grants, what's the best way for them to get in touch? The easiest way is to go to the website, which is www.radfordtrust.org. Um, on the Roseland, um, uh, we've got three, four trustees. There's me, um, Karen Green, Richard Sharp, and actually Julian Derman. Is, we've managed to get him as well because he used to be our representative from the council, but we've, we've got him on as a, as a um, personal trustee now as well. So we're quite well represented in the Rosen. And in fact, the Rosen has a, a special uh, a scholarship. Um, somebody from St. Moore's, Hermione Hartford, left money to the trust, as people are increasingly doing, and specifically for a, a Rosen resident. Though we don't have to use it for a Rosen resident, we will always, if there is somebody applying from the Rosen, we will allocate that money um, to them. So it's always worth trying uh, for a grant if you're a resident resident um, for tuition or help in any way because that is a specified um, grant that we can award. Excellent. Well, Emma, thank you so much for coming on and, um, and sharing the fascinating history of the Radford, Radford Sisters and the trust that's, that's evolved and, um, and how much of what you're up to at the moment. It's been excellent chatting with you. Thank you. Um, and thank you for being interested. <laughs> So you can find all the details of all those bits and pieces we were talking about with Emma at radfordtrust.org, which is their website. And we put a link to that in the show notes, which you'll find at rosendpodcast.com. Just click on the show notes tab on Emma's episode and you will find all the, all the links and the details of this episode. Now, Lindsay and I have decided to pause the podcast for a while. So this is probably our last episode for 2020. So this is the time for me to say a big thank you to all our guests, as you've all been brilliant and quite literally, we couldn't have created this podcast without you. Everything we've put live so far will remain available for you guys to listen to for free for a very long time. We have no plans to take any of it down. So if you've not yet listened to some of the episodes, now would be a great time to go back and listen to them all. And if you want to re-listen to everything, you can do that too. Everything is going to be staying live for a long time and... We will uh, probably be back sometime in the future. If you want to make sure you can you can hear all the past episodes um, and to hear things which happen when we come back, then either bookmarkrosenpodcast.com or ideally find us on a podcast app like Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, any of those. Uh, search for Rosen Podcast on there. And when you find us, hit the subscribe button. Then you'll be alerted as soon as we put another episode live. And there you can also listen to everything completely for free. So all these episodes are going to stay up live completely for free for a very long time. So you, you can continue to listen and pick up on the ones you haven't yet heard and uh, re-listen to your favourites. For now, though, enjoy the autumn, be kind and stay safe.